You're about to listen to Johnny and Hawk covering all things Oklahoma sports from the prep ranks to the college level, as well as the Thunder and minor league sports Tulsa. Now let's get to your host, Johnny Resendez and Dan Hawk. Welcome to another edition of Johnny and the Hawk podcast. It's been a few weeks. Johnny went overseas. How was your trip, by the way, overseas, and where did you go? Yeah, it was, um, God, it, it had to have been one of the most, uh, one of the craziest experiences of my life, for sure. I went to uh, a place, I went to Saudi Arabia, I went to Dubai, and I went to Bahrain. So I took kind of a, a detour towards the Middle East, and uh, I have to say, it may not have been the most popular destination. I definitely got some looks at the airport and at customs, saying, why are you going there? But I do have to say, it was one of those things where, there were so many misconceptions about that place that were instantly shattered the moment I got there. So, with your trip there, where in relation were you as far as safety? The what's with what's going on with Ukraine and Russia? Was that even touched on nothing, when you were there? Nothing, nothing at all. I felt absolutely zero sense of danger. You know how sometimes you just go to like a certain place where you're kind of looking behind your back and everything just to make sure everything's good. Never felt that way uh, in Saudi Arabia or in Bahrain, uh, especially not in Dubai. I mean, gosh, that place is crazy. But what were the beaches and uh, restaurants, the food like? Because, I mean, it's not every day I get to talk to somebody that's been to a foreign country such as that. So I was – there were beaches, but they weren't anything too crazy. It was more just like a shoreline and everything. Didn't really get to go to that part of um, the Middle East and everything. But um, I would say the food is top tier. And it's ty- it's the type of food – where you're not going to get it here in the U.S. With those countries, they don't eat pork, correct? No. So no it's it's beef. And what else? What styles of meat did you eat yeah. before so the, we dive into our podcast right. this week? So the logic about it, not eating pork, well, part of it has to do with the religion correct. of Islam. But another part of it is they th- see pork as dirty, dirty meat because what do pigs eat? I'm not going to answer that for you guys because I'm sure you guys know. But um, – there's beef. There's a lot of lamb mm-hmm. that I tried. There's obviously a ton of chicken, and all of it just smacked. All of it was just amazing. I didn't have one single meal where I'm just like, you know what? I don't really like this, or I'm not really digging this. So great seasoning, great food, phenomenal stuff that you got to check out while you absolutely, were there. Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely some stuff. Like I said, you're not going to find that here in the U.S., which makes the food all the more better because you appreciate it more once you're gone, which I, I do. I do miss it. Final thing regarding that, how did you deal with the jet lag? Because their time difference is completely different than what ours here is in Oklahoma. So for people who have seen me on TV doing news reports and everything for Channel 6 here for Griffin, uh, you guys would know that I work in the morning show. So I, uh, I wake up dark and early at 3.30 a.m. So there was no jet lag. I had absolutely zero jet lag. Zero's jet lag completely? I got, because I've been on a jet lag for six months gotcha. now. Gotcha. So I just got out of the plane, and I was ready to go. The joys of being a morning reporter. How about that? Well, let's dive into this week's edition of our podcast. The final four is set. Kansas, Villanova, Duke, and North Carolina. Mike Krzyzewski's farewell tour continues now in the Big Easy. Do you like this Final Four? Do you not like this Final Four? And do you think Coach K is going to go off into the sunset, Johnny, raising a net and a championship trophy? Well, let me rewind for a little bit. I mean, just talk about the tournament as a whole. is probably one of the best tournaments I have experienced in a while. And 
you know, it's kind of hard to top last year's NCAA Absolutely. tournament when ORU made that run, when Gonzaga made that buzzer beater. Those are top-tier moments that a lot of college basketball fans are not going to forget. But, Dan, I got to tell you, I mean, you got to say Peter's run, you have Duke making this run, and you have their own rivals, one of the biggest rivalries in the history of American sports, North Carolina, on the other side of the bracket. And you got Coach K, who had a lot of scares in this tournament about, oh, is he going to win? Is he going to lose? What's going to happen? You had Michigan State. You had Texas Tech. Two amazing teams. And Duke got out of those games with the win. And now they're going to go Final Four. And North Carolina and Duke, as much They've as never played in the tournament. I don't know if you knew that. Never played in the NCAA tournament Do, ever. Would you rather see them on opposite sides of the brackets where they never playing in the NCAA tournament, they close it out if they made it to the championship, or do you like the fact that they're in the semifinal? No, the, I like that they, they're here in the semifinal because you never know. But by, by the time you get to the Final Four, every team is just really, really good. These are t- We're talking one, two seeds. Sometimes, in this case, it is... You know, there's a there's an eight seed with mm-hmm. North Carolina, but for the most part, you'd be betting well if you picked a one seed, picked a two seed to make it to the Final Four. So, I'm totally okay with Duke North Carolina duking it out, pun intended. Ah, there it is for the for a trip to the national championship because. This is what we sports fans deserve. Sure, I just would have rather seen a non-blue blood team make it because Villanova is a blue blood now. I mean, they've won three championships. Okay, they're not spread out over you know a fifty-year history or whatever, but they are a blue blood. Gonzaga is a blue blood, so even if Gonzaga was in there, they're still a blue blood in my opinion. Fine, they haven't won the whole thing, but they're still a national championship contender year in and year out. I would have loved to seen St. Peter's knock off the teams that they've done and then make it to the final four and then possibly be in the dance as well. But that's not how life goes. Right. And, you know, credit to St. Peter's too. They're the first 15 seeds to make it to the elite eight. No one, no one thought they'd make it that far except probably themselves. Um, They have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. That's a very good North Carolina team. And, uh, you know, the score may not reflect on it, but those kids put in absolutely their 100% effort into that game. It's just how it goes. There's always going to be a team, especially when it comes to like a big blue blood team like North Carolina who may have just like an upper edge in the just as talent in general uh, as a whole. So St. Peter's is going to be one talked about as one of the most greatest runs in NCAA history. It would have been amazing. No matter what the outcome of uh, St. Peter's North Carolina would have been, the game in the Final Four is still going to be amazing because you would have had if St. Peter's would have won. Number 15 seed St. Peter's, small school out of New Jersey, going up against Duke, the Duke Blue Devils in Coach K's last year. That is a good storyline. But instead, we got one of the biggest rubber matches. Some say is going to be the biggest game in NCAA college basketball history. Duke, North Carolina, part three for not all the marbles, but a chance to get all of them. It's going to be one of the best games, in my opinion, that we're going to see in a long time in college hoops. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting how it all plays out down in the Big Easy. I'm really curious to see if Coach K does go off into the sunset, his final game raising that championship trophy. We had a excuse me. We had a ton of coaching changes that happened since you've been gone on your trip to the Middle East. J.C. Hoyt is now the new head coach of the Cowgirls women's basketball program, and Eric Conkle 
is the new head coach for the Golden Hurricane men's basketball program. J.C. Hoyt coming from Kansas City, coaching the Kangaroos, the best mascot in all of college basketball. Sorry, I know you're a Pokes fan, but nothing beats a kangaroo. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah, the kangaroo is a phenomenal mascot. And La Tech, the former home of Eric Conkle, the Bulldogs, he's now trading that in to become the new head coach for the Golden Hurricanes. So let's start off with J.C. Hoyt. Coach Littell, it, it, it was not the season that he wanted. Uh, did not get fired. He resigned. So, obviously, we'll probably see him coaching somewhere down the line. He's had to go through a lot with that program, with the plane crash and everything else that has transpired. But when you look at hiring of J.C. Hoyt, I was there at her opening press conference. I got to meet her firsthand. I think a young, energetic coach is exactly what this cowgirl team is needing because they're seeing what Oklahoma is doing down in Norman by making it to the NCAA tournament, by making noise in the NCAA tournament. Yes, they lost to Notre Dame, but you're talking about a team that looks like they're on the trajectory of moving up. What is your thoughts on J.C. Hoyt becoming the new head coach of the Cowgirls basketball team, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, last year she won, was it, 23 games uh, at Kansas City. This is a coach who, I mean, I wasn't there at in Stillwater, but you could tell from all the videos you've seen, this is a woman with passion. This is a woman who wants to put every single fiber of her being to be the best coach that she can for her players. That's something that I think uh, OSU really needs, and that's something that I feel like it's been a common, a common trend uh, in recent years because who's on the other side in Gallagher Arena in the men's side? Mike Boynton, who by some accounts people say is a relatively young coach in the grand scheme of things, and he really relates to a lot of the players uh, in this generation. And I think J.C. Hoyt is going to be the exact same. I think she's going to uh, I think she's going to be great at OSU. I think she's going to we'll see how she is uh, in terms of recruiting, but given how passionate she was, given how like she's from this area too, so she understands the 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 just the the, the area really well. It's going to be interesting to see how she takes this program moving forward. And if you're an OSU fan, you have to be some kind of – you have to be really optimistic based on the stuff that she said. I think the big positive out of her is she says recruiting and recruiting homegrown talent is her top priority, by meaning that she wants players to stay in the state of Oklahoma to play for the Cowgirls, that she's going to recruit locally. And I think that is a – that is a change of what needs to happen for the OSU Cowgirl program is to get a fan base excited about local girls, girls that they could cheer on at the high school level and make it move forward to the college level. Going over to Tulsa, Eric Conkle is the new head coach of the Golden Hurricane program. This man, his first job, his first ever job was a student assistant for the Golden Hurricane basketball program under Buzz Peterson, who, as most people know, was the roommate of None other than Michael Jordan. So basketball is in this guy's blood. He wanted to come back to green country. He wanted to take over for Frank Haith. And I really feel like it's a home run hire. He has the same uh, prognosis as uh, Coach Hoyt does in the fact that he wants to stay in state recruiting. How about this one, Johnny? I don't know if you knew this, but he's already emailed every single head men's basketball coach in the state of Oklahoma about how excited he is to become the new head coach and how he wants to stay here locally and recruit. What is your take? Yeah, I mean, that's as good as it gets when it comes to coaches. He said it best whenever he was talking. Um, I think it was to the players. Uh, it's all about attitude. And he has that audacity that you know because he contacted all those people. And um, 
You know, it's cool to see also coaches really emphasizing getting a local talent. Because as you've seen, I mean, Dan basically had like bags in his eyes from all the coverage he did on the basketball championship here uh, in Oklahoma for high school. And uh, I mean, you were there, Dan, for most of it. I mean, the amount of talent in this state, there's a lot of hidden gems here. And if he could get all of those kids to come to Tulsa, that's a really good recipe. For oh, success. it's huge. It's huge. If he could keep local guys in the state and then find a diamond in the rough player that maybe has gone unnoticed, that hasn't been recruited by anybody at all. It's going to be tough because the ways of college basketball, the way it's gone now with the transfer portal and everything, that is obviously going to be another wrinkle as to what's going on with college basketball as a whole. Also, what happened on Twitter the past few times for you and I? What, what, what this was kind of big for the both of us because we're big wrestling fans. Uh, let me uh, let me explain to the audience what happened. <laughs> so, um, one fruitful morning, me and Dan um, were in studio. Right, we were just out here, you know, minding our own business, trying to just make that uh, make some money, make the quick buck. All of a sudden, the both of us get a notification. It's so uncanny because it happened almost at the exact same time. And then Dan comes up to me and says, he thinks he's all special, and says, look who followed me. It was John Cena. And it, we at first we thought it was a joke. It was, a, But no, it's the whole the blue check mark. everything is absolutely John Cena's profile. Now, with that said, though, you know, not to take from either one of our thunder, but John Cena does follow 396,000 people. Uh, yeah, 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 it's okay, but still. And keep in mind, we recently both got verified on Twitter, so I think there's a correlation. There's there. probably some correlation with that, because Anyways. I've had some media members that I have followed for several years now follow me on on Joe Shad, for example, who's been on ESPN. Now he's in uh, he's in Orlando working for the Orlando paper. He's a longtime staple of you know NFL football, you name it, with ESPN. Uh, so yes, I think the blue check mark changes it. But as a wrestling fan, this is pretty cool stuff. At the the very next moment, whenever Dan sends me that text, I get the notification that John Cena followed me. So we're just like, what? What? First of all, do you really think it's John Cena following these people? No, I think he's like any individual that has a Twitter that has a mega star. They have handlers. They have handlers. And you and I will probably never be able to relate to what their lifestyle truly is. I bet you a guy like John Cena has probably three people. I would say, that devote their life to doing work for John Cena 24-7. Mm-hmm. But there's also people like, you follow this guy, Jake Paul. I bet you when he tweets something out, that is directly coming from him. Right, because he's a social media guy. John Cena's an actor slash wrestler. So he's got a lot more stuff to do than to, you know, follow people all over the place and everything like that. And plus, like, with those celebrities like Jake Paul, yeah, they'll tweet out and everything. They don't really follow that many people as much as John Cena. John Cena... Follows people. He wants a lot of people, just a lot of really common folk in his feed right now, which is respectable because if he follows me and Dan, he's going to get some pretty good Twitter content, if I like to say Yeah, true, true. And then lastly, the Oscars are in the books. I didn't watch. I know you didn't watch either. But the no big story of the Oscars, <clears throat> Chris Rock made a joke regarding Will Smith's wife and her disease of not being able to grow hair, cracking the joke, I, I when is G.I. Jane 2? <laughs> coming out, and Will Smith uh, decided to hop on stage and slap, punch, whatever you would like to call it, hit Chris Rock on stage. What's your thoughts on this? On live TV. Listen, 
listen, listen. I, I, you know, Twitter was blowing up, and I got both sides of the argument on Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool anyway. If you don't have Twitter, I envy your life, you know. Anyways, Chris Rock is a comedian. He makes, he makes, we were like, we're looking at, for those of you, like, we are looking at it right now on screen in our computer and on Dan's phone too. Chris Rock is a comedian. This is what he does. If you get offended by what a comedian says, I mean, what do you what are you gonna do? He's a comedian. This he is exactly he is he a does. comedian. It, the in my thoughts with this, comedians are they all push the limit. They all push the boundaries. They push they push you to the limit. The joke was in unfair taste. She has an actual disease. It's not appropriate. However, Will Smith getting up on stage slapping Chris Rock is not appropriate. On live TV. What should have transpired was. Rock probably shouldn't have told the joke, A. And B, if there was confrontation, they should have went backstage and spoke it where it was not on camera. It did not interrupt on anything. It soured the Oscars. But for the Oscars, they just got a plug like no other because in recent memory, I can't imagine that many people watching the Oscars like they used to. Streaming services have killed movies. Hulu, Netflix, Paramount, whatever you want to call it. You don't have to go to the movie theaters no more. You can buy the movies now at home and stay in the confines of your living room with an adult beverage or a non-adult beverage to watch a movie. Movies are dying. They're not what they used to be anymore. Yeah, I can't really remember the last time uh, a lot of people wanted to watch the Oscars except for uh, just the, the anticipation of DiCaprio getting his first Oscar. Then he finally got it, and then after that, I feel like just people uh, just started watching. Same. Well, it kinda, it's kind of a result of the times right now. People Absolutely. are like starting to watch more streaming stuff, Netflix and everything. They're not really watching TV like that, so they're not really watching the Oscars. But, I mean... Dan, I'm going to ask you what you would do in that situation. But if I was Chris Rock, if I got slapped on live TV, I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself right there and stay professional because credit to Chris Rock for staying, like, I mean. A man. Know, yeah, it's like he's basically, like, staying professional the entire time because he has a job to do. He has a, a nominees to present right now. He and- he stayed stayed the course. He did the proper thing. Um I still go back to both sides are to blame. It's going to be a talking point for a while. There's been bad feud before. I don't know if you knew this, but Jada Pickett Smith has, you know, a boycott of the Oscars one season when Will Smith was up for the movie Concussion. Uh, but they decided that that year it was all white actors and Will Smith did not get the nod for the, the movie Concussion, which I thought he did a phenomenal role in the movie Concussion. Um Chris Rock cracked the joke like, well, we should you should pay back the 20 million that you did for the movie Wild Wild West, which was a terrible movie. So there's both sides to this coin. I think it's just a bad look on both sides. I've been to comedians. I've seen George Carlin. You know who George Carlin Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Rest in peace. But when George Carlin did his show in El Paso, he made jokes regarding Hispanics. And at one point, one of the individuals in the crowd started trying to get up on stage. You don't do it. That's what comedians do. They push the envelope. They push it a step farther. Kathy Griffin, a few years ago, remember, she had a severed head of Donald Trump in her hand. Is it appropriate? 
Probably not, but that's what comedians do. Dane Cook, the list can go on and on and on, and you're not going to change the way we look at comedians. That's why it's called a joke. People laughed. But at how that far joke. is it? That's where, you know, do you cross the line when you're making fun there's of someone that has stuff, a disease? There's certain stuff, of course, yes. But at the end of the day, it's still just a joke. And, if people weren't laughing at it, then and, yeah, it wouldn't be funny. And thank you for bringing up the laughing part because at the beginning, if you watch the clip, Will Smith laughed. The husband of Jada Pickett. And then he saw his wife roll his eyes and he's like, uh-oh, I got to defend her honor. And this is where this is where I'm going to have to disagree with you, Dan, because I don't think this is... Uh, uh, yeah, Chris Maybe Rock, it was staged. I think, no, 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 I don't think it was staged. I, at first, I watched the video over and over and over and over again. I concluded, man, I don't think this is really staged. But here's the thing. Chris Rock told a joke, right? Yeah, he may... You know, it, it may have been like a foul joke and everything like that, but at the end of the day, he's a comedian. That's what he does. It's whatever. If it was someone else, in a, like an actor or like, you know, a musician who said it, uh, who's not known to be spewing jokes like that, then yeah, it may have been out of, a little out of pocket. What this proves to me, Dan, and I don't know if you uh, understand this terminology that I'm about to say. What this proves to me is that Will Smith is the biggest simp in the world right now because what's one thing that Jada is known what she did a few months ago, she went to a round table and talked about her entanglement with Will Smith. How come Will Smith didn't slap that guy, but he slapped Chris Rock in front of millions of people and everything like that? How come that didn't, where all the people defending, oh, this, this, is, uh, this is Will Smith defending her woman, everything like that. Where was Jada whenever she was doing all that? Where was, who was defending Will Smith at that moment in time right there? So I, anyone who says defending her man anything like that, I don't know if I want. I don't want to hear any of that because she went through something more. Where is this thing that everyone keeps saying match my energy? I want this just to be reciprocated. Well, where is it? Because Will Smith had to go through all that. He didn't slap nobody, and yet when someone sets her woman off by a disease, which is understandable, it's Chris Rock. Who Chris Rock is hilarious, one of the greatest comedians ever. He goes up there and slaps him on national, even global TV because her wife, uh, his wife, rolled her eyes well, and said, "Do something." And he was laughing beforehand. I, I will go back to a time when Chris Rock went to a Lakers game and he he was sitting with David Spade and he was talking smack. Kobe Bryant sat the late great Kobe Bryant sat right next to him and he was talking smack and Kobe just was completely silent and was focused on the basketball game. That's what Will Smith should have done. Mm -hmm. Instead, he went on stage. But I still go back to it. The joke probably shouldn't have taken place. Real quickly, before we end our podcast, Bedlam tomorrow night at One Oak Field. OSU and OU. Cowboys have won 11 straight. The Sooners won two of three over the weekend against Baylor. The Cowboys swept the Jayhawks to stay undefeated and undefeated in Big 12 play. Who do you got? Uh, of course, I got OSU because I am biased for OSU baseball. Um, we have a really, really good team this year. We're what's what's our rank? Number seven, six, seventh. I mean, there's several polls for college baseball, so it's hard to tell. Right. But you're in the top ten. We'll put the, it that way. The Big Twelve in general, I think, is going to be just a really good year for baseball for the Big Twelve. You obviously got Texas, who was the preseason number one, I think, and you got Texas Tech, who I I don't know if you saw the the steel walk off. 
uh, for Texas Tech when they won against Texas. I mean, it's going to be a battle for the Big 12 this year, and I can't wait. But, you know, Bedlam Baseball won Oak Field. I mean, this is a kind of like a staple for that rivalry at this point in baseball. And every time you go, it's always fun to see OU versus OSU in a neutral field. Because going to Bedlam for football, you could have a Memorial Stadium in Norman. You got Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater. And it's always going to be a hostile crowd depending on where you go. But the fact that it's a neutral field and everything, it makes it a little bit more enjoyable that you don't have someone giving you death stares every single uh, corner of your eye. But, yeah, it's going to be really fun. But I do got the pokes. Pokes for him? I'm going to go with OU on the upset, knocking down the 11-game win streak. Well, thank you once again for staying with us and listening to the Johnny and the Hawk podcast. Remember, give us a follow on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can follow Johnny Resendez as well as Dan Hawk on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to Johnny and the Hawk. Also, for all the latest Oklahoma sports, check on newson6.com.